Hello friends, Jason here, sitting across the desk from not one, but two men with beards. Yo. Wayne will tell you that it's uh, one and a half. Right. But no, yeah. full marks for the beard, Wayne. Full well, marks. Mine is so, it's not very thick for one thing, but it's also very gray, so at a distance it just looks like I forgot to wash my face. So it's a little, but you know, I'll take whatever covers up part of it. I think it. No, I think it, I think it's a good it's look for you. It oh, is. Thanks. It's legit, yeah. and it's a full fledged beard. Yeah, right. and the horn rimmed turtle shell glasses. Right. I mean, yeah, a little bit of hair on top now. I so think, I think you look very distinguished. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think he looks a bit, a bit like Woody Harrelson. I could be, yeah, you angles. know, now that you say yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Certain angles, yeah. After he'd been beat up a time or two in one no, of the movies. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just like in the Mockingjay series. That, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You look Sweet. a little bit like him. Do you, did you watch that? The Hunger I'm Games? I'm a big fan of the Hunger Games. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah big time. Okay. There's a bow, like the books? There's a bow and arrow. I've read them, I've read them all <laughs> several times, I think, and watched them all several times. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite character? Not particularly. I'm fascinated with the idea and its reflection of our culture. Yeah. So, who do you think Katniss should have ended up with? And we'll just go ahead and say spoiler <laughs> alert here: uh, Peta or Gale? I always pull for Gale. Who I did she? Who she ended she up with? Ended Peta, up with Peta, right? Yeah, yeah, she yeah. did. It's a very sweet little scene at the end with the little kids, and he's a very good dad, and you know. Right. But I just I always preferred Gale's character. Why did you? Because he was a hunter. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Not a bread Peter baker. Peter was a baker. Yeah, yeah. he's a baker. Yeah. I was a baker once. Were you and you're a hunter, too, so you I, could play both roles. I just I just thought Gail was more real, maybe, more authentic. Okay. You always you, you kind of knew who he was. Of course, they crafted Peter to come and go when he was injected with the, what the was venom. The, yeah, yeah, the venom that made him go crazy. And yeah. And all, but I, I I prefer somebody you kind of know every time you open the door. Oh, okay, I know who you are. <laughs> Peter was like, yeah, which one is he today? Yeah, this is now a Hunger Games podcast. Those are the <laughs> rules. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I did I do like the emphasis on archery. I I, I dig that. Yeah. I just shot my bow yesterday. So, do mm-hmm. you feel like the uh, the movies did justice to the books? I, I think I actually like the movies better. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 the way they unfolded and and I, um, Snow was much more despicable in the movies <laughs> than he was the books. So yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, we've solved that one. Yeah, you can't see us, but we're all holding up three fingers <laughs> That's yes. right. style yes. of the uh, yes. there we the go. Hunger Games. <laughs> and very nice there, right? Yep. Well, Peter Gale. <laughs> Wendell Wayne, glad to be with you. It's good to be with you, too. Good to be with you. Yep. Um, I think we're going to try to explore, and this is something we haven't, we talked a little bit, Wendell and I talked a little bit about before we got here, but not much, so it's this is going to be pretty much <laughs> new ground, Shoot which is really hip. dangerous. Which uh, we never do. Right. Uh, <laughs> is it uh, the relationship between grace and freedom? Um, and when we talk about freedom, we're not talking about political freedom but we're talking about uh relational freedom which is what counts uh, and an emotional yeah your own emotion right. yeah yeah and and uh their that relationship with love are we able to love people if we're not free from them and what does that look like and and was it i mean it sounds kind of weird when you say it like that but uh in order to be healthy i think there is this sense in which 
I, I don't need to need, I don't need to, uh, I, if I love someone, I don't need them uh, to fill a hole in my life necessarily. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love you because I want to, not because I need you. Right, yeah. Yeah. And so there's that freedom. So then I can love them in, the, in ways that don't have an agenda with them. Uh, and I don't need you to respond in a specific way uh, so that I feel affirmed or I get something out of it. But it's more of a um, a giving kind of love that uh, that you have freedom too to receive or not receive and receive it in whatever way you want to. So that there's that atmosphere of freedom in it. And I, you know, I, I know that there's there is this healthy way that people bond too because I have friendships with y- y'all guys who that I feel a bond where it's not that uh, we're not connected. I think connection is different from need. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So. So you can you can have that sense of connection where I really want, like you said, Wendell, want this person in my life, and it does feel a need in a sense, but not a survival need or not a not a need that uh, is uh, it's more a fulfilling kind of need maybe I don't know because we're created for a relationship. But you can live you can if you live life as wounded, then everybody becomes your medication. So you get really close, right? You you feel like you're bonded, but in essence, what you're doing is you're using that other person in some way to medicate your wound. Mm-hmm. When when, and this sounds so religious and so Sunday schoolish, but when you let God love you the way He wants to love you, and you and you, it's not just in your brain anymore, but you live in that love. You bask in it. You walk in it. You experience it. You feel it. You open, you're wide open to it. That love begins to heal you, because that's what your wound has been crying out for the whole time. Right. So that wound begins to heal you, and now as a healthy person, I look at somebody else and I say, "I I want to explore a relationship with this person." And some people, the relationship is casual, but others, right. it it deepens. Yeah. But you're in it because you want to be in it. You're not in it because. You have to to fill a need, right? And I think that makes the bond deeper and richer, and yeah. because it's completely based on my free will, which gets back to freedom. Yeah, my free will says I want to bond with you, right? Not my wound cries out, I need right. you. Yeah, because there's it's just different. Yeah, I think it feels a lot safer to both parties that way too. That uh, I can enter this bond or this connection and feel safe about that. I'm not going to be used or manipulated or deceived because uh, there's that freedom that comes uh, with it. And and it's not a um, – and so I think that, that in it creates possibilities for the relationship to go deeper and to become more because there is that uh, that freedom, that safety involved in it. Yeah. Dare we hearken back to the Hunger Games? <laughs> if you look at, at – what went on with Gale, they hunted together and spent time together and attacked the gates of the enemy together because they wanted to. With PETA, it was like, I can't take this anymore. Let's cuddle up and be each other's props. Mm-hmm. And and so that's why that relationship to me didn't feel healthy because it was based on a codependent need where with Gale, it's like you want to yeah. go experience this together. Yeah. 
I'm just yeah, I can't believe that we're, just happened. We're trying to tie loops. <laughs> well, actually, here. actually, in the Hunger Games, <laughs> Gail says to Katniss that uh, she loves the one who needs her the most, kind of thing. Yeah, the one she who yeah. uh, she Which can take care of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there was that unhealthy need. So you started off I did. something <laughs> that was profound. It was profound. You just didn't realize how deep it would go. As as is normal with y'all. Uh, no, it's normal with you. <laughs> with you. Your subconscious is far ahead of your conscious. Well, that probably is true. Uh, I've heard that. <laughs> so how do you know how do you know if you have a relationship that's based on need rather than rather than want, or that's uh, built on codependency rather than a conviction. I, th- I think a crisis or a misunderstanding usually will give you an indicator of which way, it, which which it is. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, for me, it's kind of like if I think about being with that person, do I relax about that? Right. Am I? Right. Is am it something I'm comfortable? Yeah. Am I in or am I a little bit anxious yeah. about what I say and how they're going to respond or, yeah. or that kind of thing, I think, for me, is an indicator. I mean, if just for fun, that's why I think we enjoy doing this podcast, is the three of us together never feel any pressure. Right. This is like, yeah, we we would do this whether we were being podcasted or not. Yeah. Because it's something we enjoy. Right. There's no preconceived expectation. There's no hidden agenda yeah. in the three of us. And if I say something really stupid, y'all may laugh at me, but it's in love, so I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, and Mr. Jason has this button he can right. edit, and so we know he'll clean up all our stupidity. Yeah. Well, I just turn up my genius and, and uh, there you go. Overwhelm it. it overwhelm my stupidity well my genius is like two seconds per episode so (laughs) concentrated dose is pretty potent yep yep so how do you i mean if you if you recognize that a relationship is codependent or or, uh that that you're using it i appreciate what you said about as medication Mm mm-hmm is is that is that your fault? Is that their fault? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah both. Okay. It's yeah. usually a mutual understanding that's not spoken. It's just it's a it's a toxic dance that you've fallen into and you don't really all you gotta do is rehearse the moves three or four times, you got it. Mm-hmm. And you you know how that dance yeah. goes. So when you enter a room, you're thinking more about the dance moves right. instead of genuine Right communion with that person or yeah. those people and those those dance moves are like a a box that you're, you can't get out of and right. so freedom if you enter into that uh you sit down with somebody and there's that freedom to take this wherever it goes i think that's a sign of health rather than feeling like there are some topics you don't talk about or some uh exchanges you can't have so that so that there are those limitations on it yeah and so again i think that's where that freedom comes in yeah you don't need to cover up or uh, hide your inadequacies. Uh, and it actually is a place where you're safe to expose those. Uh, to, to me, I'm trying to figure out, okay, I, I kind of see where this conversation is going today because you're, you're helping us see that you kind of have to figure out the difference between the two. And so my, my 
thoughts always go when we get to this point in this conversation? Whoever's talking about it. Okay, how do you know the difference between a healthy and a codependent? My question, my quest these days is so, okay, suppose you have some people who in your heart of hearts you really care about that person, but you see them still wildly doing the codependent dance with all their might, and you say, how do I how do I somehow invite them into a healthier dance? Yeah. And that is, you you can't set a rule because everybody's different and every occasion is different, every encounter is different. But there are some, there ought to be some ways to invite people into health. Yeah. I, I don't, to me, the first step is to listen to them. Uh-huh. I mean, does that make sense to yeah. y'all yeah. To, to get them to kind of start telling you because there's a wound right and you're trying to get to the wound so tell me your story yeah ultimately that will get them and and then once you get to the wound your temptation is to say well i know how to fix that wound but maybe it would be better to just say well how do you feel about this wound and how do you right yeah get, get yeah. is there a step is there a step before that where you have to remind yourself, like this is, they, that I I need to go into this relationship genuinely looking for connection, right. Rather than right, this isn't about me, right. This isn't about the discomfort I feel when I'm with this person, right. I'm not trying to relieve my discomfort, right. Mm. I, that's a very good point, because that's where we're tempted, that's where our default setting goes, right. But I th- I think we need to, to go into it saying this is about them. And trying to help them. So when they backlash against this or try to bring up my past or something, you know, they, they make some kind of negative counter mood. It's not about me. I'm right. You know, I appreciate you. I mean, I would say something like I appreciate the fact that the bridge between us is strong enough to carry what you just said. But it it's not pushing me back. Mm-hmm. It's I'm, I'm not going to unlove you. Um, thank you for your insight into my psyche, whatever. But. Let's explore. Let's, let's explore your story. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, awkwardness. Sh- I hope, hopefully, reminds us that to remind ourselves when it feels awkward that this is not about me. Right. That, and escaping awkwardness is not the goal here, but connection is. And sometimes to connect, you have to walk through that awkwardness, and uh, and discover each other. And you you know what? How awkward is awkward when you expect it? Yeah. Yeah, right. you know, really. If you if you know going in, well I, I knew there was gonna be something weird here. Right. So we we're gonna jerk left yeah. or jerk right all of a sudden. Right. Um so I was, I was kinda Yeah. So that was it. Yeah, it's pretty a powerful thing to to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. To expect and, well, awkwardness. Well, and it goes back to what you started out with. It's there it's freeing Right. To say, yeah. I know this is going to be awkward, and yet I'm stepping into right. it anyway. Yeah. Why? Well, because I really care about this yeah. person. Because I want to, not because I need to or right. have to. Right. I want to. Yeah. Because we know that the only way to connection is through that awkwardness. Yeah. And you kind of get, I don't, you kind of get used to awkward after yeah. a while. Right. Yeah. And it, and which would make it by definition unawkward. Yeah. And you also discover that awkwardness often disguises real treasures. Yes. 
for those of you listening to this podcast and have done so for some time, you have discovered that awkwardness leads to treasures. <laughs> 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 and you have been willing to step into awkwardness. Right. <laughs> maybe we we give you a lot of opportunities. Anyway. Maybe we should change the name of the podcast. <laughs> Awkward so. Moments in Grace. <laughs> yeah. Friends, thank you for listening to this episode of On Grace. My name is Jason Brown. I've been sitting in with Wendell Van Valen and Wayne Hunter. We work together at Broadway United Methodist Church in Bowling Green, Kentucky.